I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ramble Reacts. Liverpool hammered the hammers to book their place in the Carabao Cup semis. I'm Marcus Speller. And I'm Luke Moore. Welcome one and all to Ramble Reacts. Look more. We've just witnessed Jared Bowen score a goal on his birthday at Anfield. That'll be the uh, the headline, surely. Is this the first time a team has played um, a Carabao Cup game by email? Yeah. <laughs> like they just absolutely faxed it in. Right, we've got a busy Christmas period, lads. Yeah. Um, we just just do what we can, but don't do any more than that. That's right. That's right. And uh, it, it, it was it was. <sighs> Quite, I mean, it's easy for me to say. Mm. Obviously, Anfield's a difficult place to go. David Moyes' uh, barren run continues at, at, at that stadium. 21 games without a win yeah. as a manager. He's never won there, and he's been managing since 1998. <laughs> um, yeah, and he has, uh, he's had 21 attempts. I mean, seven draws, not all been yeah. defeats, 14 of them. That's the platform you build from. Yeah. <laughs> but they were, it was pitiful stuff, wasn't it? Let's be absolutely yeah. fair. 5-1 to Liverpool, of course. I'm sure everybody knows that, but it's always good to, to set the scene. Oh, there's no one out there ignoring the Carabao, mate. Of course everyone no, knows absolutely that. absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, the, yeah, that's how... Uh, maybe maybe West Ham haven't, hadn't had their dose of Carabao, perhaps. Mm. But Liverpool certainly looked like it. Look, they were straight out They're the They're contractually traps. obliged to drink three cans each within 10 minutes of kickoff. Yeah. I tell you who would love a bit of Carabao would be Jamie Vardy. Vardy, yeah. yeah are you thinking that the same way, yeah? Well, he's a, probably a Red Bull loyalist. 
true enough. He would. He, he might. He might be tempted for a big money move across. I think the man's there for the turning. It'd be like it'd be like trying to tempt David Beckham at his pomp away from Adidas and Nike, wouldn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. Again, Tempting though, Vardy away from, if the price is right, though. Red Bull. Um, but yeah, so Liverpool have. Um, have marched into those semi-finals with a very, very comprehensive victory against West Ham. I mean, I suppose the only surprising thing, uh, Luke Moore, is that they conceded a goal. I mean, it was, as I say, it was a lovely one. But other than that, I mean, Jamie Carragher was purring on co-coms, was he not? Saying yes. that he felt it was Liverpool's best performance for a while. I think he, I think he felt like it was. As, you know, to, to 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 refer to something you spoke about earlier in the, earlier in the uh, week on a pre-rec that will come out later in the year. Um, he felt like it was his mufty day. I felt like he could, he could. He, I felt like he was going from the super serious stuff in the Premier League to just mm. reclining the chair back a notch, yeah. kicking the shoes yeah. off, putting the socks up on the commentator's mm-hmm. desk, and just having a lovely old time. Yeah. And um, he was he was treated to a to a massive win, and so you know he got a bit carried away. But that's fair enough. I mean. I mean it was lovely to see Messrs Redknapp Senior and Junior in the studio. If we're going to talk about the broadcasting team think, for a moment, that was nice to see. Um, ultimately, you know, to, to cover the game, I just talk about the game kind of for a little bit. I mean, if you if you're gonna if you if, from West Ham's point of view, if you are going to set up like that, and in my view, they set up in a way it didn't suit the players out on the pitch. First and foremost, mm. you know, you're going very direct. You're kind of you're kind of striking long passes more often than not. You know, with a front four, none of whom is taller than about five foot seven, and is going to get bullied by by the Liverpool backline, and then you couple that with like very very passive, a very passive approach. Basically, you know, Liverpool have got the ability to take the game away from you anyway, mm. let alone at home, let alone against that kind of setup. And I just thought, you know. Maybe there are alternative reasons for it. Maybe they, they, they you know, they, they've they've been in really good form. West Ham. I think going into this game, they lost one in their last nine. They've got a busy Christmas period. They're fighting on a number of different fronts. Maybe it was just like, you know what, this is a bit of a free hit. But you're never really going to come away with anything if you're that passive and that kind of um, disjointed at Anfield. That's how. I, that's basically how I see it. Yeah, well, I think I'd be surprised if um, you know they were, they were a bit defeated before. I don't know they made a number of changes, but you know they're doing right in the league. They're eighth. Uh, obviously, in Europe, they're doing well, as you say. But, but you, you, you know, if they were to win this game, which was a big ask, then they're into they'd be into the semis, and would probably be second favourites to win the damn thing. I mean, the fact is they've gone out, so there's no point in kind of pursuing that um, sort of train of thought. But I, I mean, the way the game started, Liverpool was straight out the traps. West Ham did look <laughs> Liverpool weren't really creating that much. And West Ham, I thought, you know, maybe on the break, that's what they're going for here. You know, as you say, the, the, the front line that they were going for, a bit of pace with Bowen and co. up there. And of course, when the first goal scored, they had a great chance to break. It was Ben Rama who loses the ball. And you saw yeah. Bowen's body language. When he loses the ball, Bowen's like, oh, come on. Like, we, they, you know, West Ham had a chance there. Um, mm. And I said this when Liverpool beat Fulham 4-3 in the league, that, that Liverpool didn't create that much. And they were, if you like, um, reduced is not the, not the right word. They were, I suppose, I don't know, forced is the right word, but they had to pull something out the bag. And of course they did with some superb goals. And you think to yourself, well, actually, you know, if if, if they have to, to do that to score, then you've kind of got to hold your hands up at some point. But the fact of the matter is Liverpool have those types of players because they're Liverpool. 
they're one of the best teams in the land. They've got the money, they've got the, the quality to, to attract these players. And when Sabosla hits that shot in the 28th minute, that absolute dinger into mm. the corner, mm-hmm. it just sinks you as, as if you're a West Ham player. You think, OK, we've, we've dug in here, they've been right at us from the off. And he goes and does that and you just think, bloody hell, yeah, that's what they've got in their locker. I mean, Sabosla's goal, Luke, was, was just... Pinpoint accuracy and power, everything you want in a in a in a twenty five yeah. yarder. His technique is incredible. His technique with both feet is actually really good. He scored a goal not dissimilar to that. I think it was on the half volley of his left foot against Aston Villa, uh, where it kind of hit the net on the other side at the same kind of elevation, the same kind of pace. Like his technique at striking the ball is really really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know as he settles into his Liverpool career more because his, his goal return hasn't you know, he's drifted around a bit here and there. Mm. His goal return hasn't been amazing for Liverpool um, so far for a player who's you know so dynamic and who actually scores quite a lot of goals for Hungary and, and, and has obviously scored goals in the past. But yeah, it's it's an interesting situation that because they lose the ball, don't they, West Ham and Liverpool are on them quick. It's like half an hour in. West Ham have ridden their luck already. It looks like it might become a bit of a long night for them. And I think the nature of the way that they lost the ball meant that West Ham couldn't get out to him quick enough. Yeah. And 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 that to me is really interesting because when I played as a young un, you know, in, in the old in the old amateurs, as you know, an enthusiastic but limited football player, the coach would always say to us when we played at the back, look. If he strikes one yeah, from there yeah. and it goes in, you know, we'll we'll deal with that. But you can't really do that at the very top level of football yeah. because they're so good at it. Mm. Like it's almost if you if you go to him, he might pull a pass out because he's a great passer of the ball as well. And if you don't go to him, you're basically giving him a free hit. But the nature of how quickly the, the, the strike mm. came after they lost the ball, which of course Liverpool do very well, I means it's very hard to deal with it. But I mean, I mean, realistically though, that is an as you said, it's a complete fucking. Strike. It's a brilliant. It's goal. an absolute it's hit. Brilliant. But you, you you treat different players differently in some circumstances. Everyone knows Sabosla's got hit on him. So if you give him a bit of space, that you shouldn't do, as you say. But it's it's easier said than done. It's easier said than done when you've lost the ball from a, half, and, a second and a half before. And that. that's the problem, isn't it? When when Ben Rama you can't get back in. Yeah. yeah. And I think when Ben Rama, don't be too harsh on him. You know, the West Ham did ship five goals for crying out loud. But again, the manner of it, it was just weak. It was just soft, and. Mm. A number of West Ham players did apparently complain of fatigue in the build-up to the game, right? So you think, okay, what we need to do is we just need to keep them going for a bit and then try and nick one on the break. It's a classic old thing. You're a smaller side going to a bigger side. But when that happens, it's it's just devastating. But they, the thing is that they get into half-time at 1-0. And I'm thinking, well, okay, the, the tie is still alive. And we saw Pakatar warming up on the side. We know he's got a bit of quality, and he's the type he didn't of player. Didn't change quick enough, did he? Well, this is so. This is it, right? You, you think he's the type of player who can come on, give everybody a bit of a lift. You know what? What can he, what can he do? Hey, all right, Liverpool. We see what you're doing. Well, we're going to play our man, and we're going to play our our top trump, if you like. But David Moyes did that, and you just talked about when you were playing football, right? My Sunday league manager used to do this all the time. Right, he would say at halftime, right, I'm going to start making changes. Okay, so. Um, I'll bring you on after five minutes in the second half. We'll just do it now. <laughs> like if, you, if you've decided you're going to do it, what's that five minutes going to do? I feel like do? I'm on death row here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, what's the point? You knew he was going to bring Pakatar on. They needed something. They needed to mix it up. Right. Now, wh- whether that would, I mean, look, as the evening panned out, it wouldn't have been enough anyway. But the point is, I was sitting there thinking, when are they going to get him on? Because he could come on at 1-0 or 2-0. And at 2-0... 
you're thinking the game's probably gone then, hasn't it? And of course, yeah. Jones gets his first of the evening. Nice finish from an angle. And you think, well, what's, you know, and that's why they lost the game, everybody. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I take all those points. But at the same time, you know, West Ham have got another four games, I think, in the next week and a half. You know, mm. he's got. I mean, the, so there's the ten minutes key... that he didn't bring Pakatar on. He's just keeping him fresh. Was that what it was? No, but the, the, no, but the point is, he's got to rest Pakatar for for something. Yeah, but that's he's fine. Rest, yeah, he, he's rested him for a reason, and you know, he, maybe he should have made the change at half time. It's easy to be wise after the event. I don't know if um, realistically Pakatar deals with or does anything different to to stop that second goal happening anyway. Well, the, um, yeah, and and it's a brilliant pass from Nunez. If it's a goal, I'm thinking of the second one was a brilliant pass from Nunez, and Curtis Jones tucks one through yeah. Ariola's legs. Right, Ariola should probably should have done better. Pakatar's not going to stop that happening. You know, it's, it's sliding door stuff. But you could argue, I suppose, that if Pakatar's on the pitch and War Prowse is on the pitch, maybe they have a bit more control in the game, but probably not. Yeah, I mean, I mean let me stress, it was just it was a slightly strange decision for, for, for my money. I don't think that West Ham would have won the game had they have been brought on at half-time or, or had Pakatar. You know, it, it just to me, it was just kind of, you know, it was just, I suppose, symptomatic of, of, of what was going on, really. I mean... But we should turn our attention more to Liverpool rather than than what David Moyes did or didn't do with his subs bench. Jones scores that first goal and really had a great night, didn't he? Curtis Jones in that midfield. He's I mean, absolutely fantastic. Jamie Carragher said he's he he is a starter now in Liverpool's best eleven, and that is big praise indeed from a man who knows that club far better than most. And if you think about some of the midfield players they've had over the years. Jones would have seen, you know, he would have watched how many quality midfield players have they had under Jurgen Klopp. And I know some of them have moved on, but you, you go back to even someone like Wijnaldum, Fabinho, um, Henderson, you know, a lot of, lot of quality and a lot of good, solid operators in there who got a bit of class as well. Jones has, has is now getting more of a chance. He was sort of drip-fed into the team a little bit in, in, in previous seasons, understandably so. But now it feels like it's his time to go in there and shine. Yeah, he's got versatility as well. Played off a left um, tonight and can play more centrally as well. Has also done, spent a bit of time at fullback, I think, occasionally. He's he's super dynamic, really positive. Has had his minutes managed really well by a club. You know, there's always a lot of talk about Guardiola and managing of young players coming through there and whether he gives them enough minutes or whatever he doesn't. You know, the Foden conversation and and the fact that some players have left City because maybe they felt like they wanted to play more, like. Curtis Jones's minutes have been managed brilliantly, and you know it's it's in stark contrast to what we just said earlier about some of West Ham's players. You know that's the the luxury, I suppose, you have if you want to call it that, of, of a club the size of Liverpool. I, th- I think he's probably been a little bit unfortunate on the international side of things because he's played on the twenty one level, yeah. but he's come along at a time when England have got so many good players that he's just not really got much of a look in, but. At 22, you'd imagine his best day, best days are ahead of him, um, anyway. And and it is the other, the other kind of dimension about it's really interesting. And, and going back to the carrier comment, is that there has been a feeling based on last season that the one area Liverpool have kind of struggled in is the element of having control in midfield because yeah. of the players they've missed and the players they've had to let go and 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 replace. And the, the way they've replaced them hasn't really kind of nothing's clicked like it did in the. In, in I suppose the classic Klopp team at Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, 
But Jones can can be an answer to that. And that's probably part of the reason Carragher's saying what he's saying, because there are other players in that midfield area that haven't really properly staked a claim. There's not there I mean, with the exception of Sabozlai, mm. if you take into account fitness and, and players who are available, are there any other midfield players that are really stamping their authority and saying we start for Liverpool in midfield every single week? There aren't, are there? Because of because of injuries and because of different transitional players coming in you know, more recently and not fully better than you. Yeah. There's um, an opportunity there is what I'm saying. Well, indeed, yeah. And uh, uh, Someone else who got his opportunity against West Ham in the, in the game was, of course, Gerald Kwanzaa, who, who started at the back. And uh, yeah. last week, <laughs> so Joel Matip, of course, got injured. Uh, and last week when he was asked about this, he said, well, my condolences to Joel, but my idea was to get over him anyway and get into the team. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that's pretty honest, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> We, we like, you know, the other story, the other story of like, um, I've heard players, ex-pros, say to me that like, if they were strikers or they, you know, they were good friends with strikers who would be on the bench or whatever, they would say, I, I kind of, I want the team to win because mm. obviously I don't want to have to deal with, yeah, relegation or the pressure that comes along or the nasty atmosphere of just never winning, but I never want the striker to score. Yeah, because I want it to be me. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I can't, I, I would never say that at the time. But that's how I felt yeah. every single week. Well, what? Yeah, I mean, what a defender! I won't say what uh, young Jarrell what Jarrell wants, although he's he stated it there. But you want uh, the the player, uh, you know, if you're if you're um, a centre half, you want him to make loads of mistakes, but the keeper mops up for him. That's what you want. You don't want <laughs> yeah. your team to lose or concede goals or anything like that. But uh, but I, th- I think I think ultimately though, that's the kind of one of the most unsaid things about professional football. You mm. know, you talk about. Players, you know, having rivalries with opposition, opposition teams, players, stuff like that. Ultimately, the first and foremost rivalry is a player in your position that you want to mm-hmm. be better than, right? You, you always want to, you know, force them through. So, so the amount of con- force them out, sorry, the amount of competition you've had just to get to where you've got to means that, you know, you're you have to be ruthless. And and Jarrell Quanta will probably have a personal relationship with Joel Matip and, and you know wish him all the best mm-hmm. and not want him to be injured and all the rest of it. But you, you know, you bet your last dollar he wants to play. And and how else is he going to get an opportunity? Well, so exactly. You've got to take it. You know, there's a lot of great young players in the Premier League throughout the years who have, you know, who have been given a chance because there's been an opportunity and they've taken it. Mm. You think of how Harry Kane forced his way into the Spurs team. Think how Marcus Rashford forced his way into the Man United team because there would have been an opportunity for them to take it, uh, for them to take. And, and Harry Kane would have been in, in Europe, I think, and he mm. forced his way into the first team and they just couldn't ignore him anymore. Rashford would have been similar from memory, I would have thought, and he would have just kept scoring. And if you're a defender, obviously goals don't come into it. So goal, you, you've got to take an opportunity when you can because they most teams like to have a settled back line. So I think he's just speaking the truth there. Mm. Whether it will go down well on Monday morning um, when he gets back into training, <laughs> I don't know, as he passes the gym. Yeah. All right, Joel. Yeah. Oh, Joel, Joel Matip's just blanked me. Yeah. He didn't have to give Joel Matip a, a, a dead leg as he walked in and got it. There's another one yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon he's like um, Kathy Bates in, um, in Misery, just keeping him um, hobbled? Yeah. I... And so he can never escape. Oh, do you know? I've never seen. Is that, that a reference film. that you get? No, I do. I do get the reference, but I've not oh, seen. Our the film. younger listeners will definitely enjoy that. They will <laughs> be running off to their Google machines trying to work out what the fuck I'm talking about. Get your dial-ups going. Yeah. Kickstart that internet. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. An impressive win for for Liverpool. Some of their youngsters um, got a bit of a, well, I say a run out. It's not quite right, but you know they, they they displayed the strength and depth that they have. You know they bring on Salah. They you know just ridiculous what what they've got. But the bad news though for Liverpool is that they've drawn Fulham in the semi final. Oh, it's bad news for you. You were abs- I mean, you were absolutely spot on what you said yesterday. Or, or as we record this earlier today, about about the fact that you know across two legs there's nowhere to hide. Oh, just, yeah. you can't. You lightning rarely strikes twice in that way. It's and so, so annoying. It's you, you, so yeah. pissing frustrating. You because, can't even say, oh, "Yeah, we've got them at home, so we'll just make it a raw." No, no, no. You I, might I, have them at home, but you're going to yeah, get them away as well. I I tell you this now. I'd rather a one-off game at Anfield than two legs. Much, <laughs> I would. You know. You've taken this very badly. I have taken so, it badly, Luke. And so I Liverpool v Fulham and Middlesbrough v Chelsea. Yeah, like, that's a really that's the most boring draw. Of course, Chelsea get Middlesbrough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No disrespect to Middlesbrough, but you're the worst team in the competition. That's why I wanted yeah. Fulham to get you. Okay. <laughs> and that does sound quite disrespectful. <laughs> you can't just rule it out because you said no. Dis- that's what all pundits do. I know. No disrespect to um whatever, but I think they're absolutely crap. Just say you think they're crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. No, not, dis- what do you think they can be doing? Like getting in the dressing room and going, <laughs> Look, oh, fucking uh, Dion Dublin disrespected us earlier. Yeah, no disrespect to Joey Barton, but I think he's a prick. Do you know what mm. I mean? So um, I would say huge disrespect to Joey <laughs> Barton. And I think he's a prick. Yeah, fine. That's For the complete set. No, but like, what, where am I? Liverpool versus Fulham. I mean, it's the amount of times that I've said on the Football Ramble, you know, Fulham have never won a major trophy. And then you, you yeah. get into a quarter final and you think, you know what? On another night, we might have lost that. But then they go into the semi-final and you think, bloody hell fire. Into mm. the semi-final of the League Cup, I believe for the first time ever. The last time mm. they were in a semi-final of the domestic cup was in the early noughties and they were beaten by Chelsea. You know, it, 
it's one of those ones where you know history is there for the taking, and then you get Liverpool in the semi final. If you want, if you get Middlesbrough, say, it's, it's no, not even if you get Middlesbrough, you think you know what in the final at Wembley, you never know over ninety minutes or one hundred twenty minutes or whatever. Yeah, a two legged affair. Like, why is there still two legs? In this competition, the semi-final is bollocks. One-off game. The players don't play enough games. That's true. That we'll get do. our money's worth. Yeah. Why? Where's the old one-off game at Villa Park? Why did we not have a bit of that? <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> I think um, also um, based on the what I've seen of the draw, Liverpool will be home in the first leg, mm. so it'll be taken away from Liverpool. Be a bigger because what you'd really want if you had to play over two legs is first leg at home. Yeah. Try and and, and try and get a, a, some kind of lead. Yeah. But, I mean, it's going to be very, very difficult for them, isn't it? The only thing Fulham might take from that performance is that, that Fulham beat West Ham 5-0. So they were one up, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think Liverpool will worry about that, mate. To be yeah, I, I suppose not. I suppose not. Um, but, I mean, Chelsea should get the better of Borough. But then Middlesbrough, it is at the Riverside, the first leg. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, for them to be in the semi-final of a, um, of a League Cup is great for them at the stage they're at. Um, they've kind of... Flatter to deceive a bit this season mm. um, in the league. They've they've been on an amazing run around the start. So let me get this right. They started the season quite indifferently. Then they were on an amazing run for a couple of months. They just like won every game. Mm. <clears throat> and now they've been, they've been a bit inconsistent ever since. But, um, you know, Michael Carrick's got a great um, track record and pedigree in playing in big games and being a part of big games. He's got the, all the experience in the world. And yeah, but he hasn't played in them though. Steve Bruce has also got that, Luke. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Why, why is Brucey catching strays? <laughs> What's he done to deserve it? What's he done he to deserve it? Ask, shit- ask, ask Pete Donaldson that. Listen, when Steve Bruce was shit-housing everyone all over the place, you were defending him. <laughs> yeah. And now, you, now he's not. You, you're caning him. No, I was just saying that Brucey's record in cup competitions, off the top of my head, is not that great. But, no. but he won a lot of domestic trophies at Manchester. Off the top of your head, but it's a pretty safe bet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought I'd, uh, I'd put a slither of a disclaimer in no, there in when, case I'm missing you, something. When, you, when I say to you now, picture Steve Bruce in your mind. Yeah. He's, he's not lifting a trophy, is he, as a manager? He's doing the dive he, into the pool. He's jumping off the boat over yeah. that bloke <laughs> on the holiday, isn't he? And that pair of shorts. That's what he's doing. Exactly what he's doing. Fantastic player. Yeah. Of course. Carrick, again, fantastic player. Great but he's still diver. finding his way as a manager, you know? So it's, um, I would I would love to, to see Middlesbrough get past Chelsea. Um, again, you know, there will be Chelsea fans listening to this show. They know what to expect by now. <laughs> I don't want Chelsea to win anything. I'll be very clear about that. What about Liverpool? None of this kind of um, don't dis- no disrespect. No, no, I don't want them to win. So would it's as you, simple as that. You, you'd prefer Middlesbrough or Fulham to win this competition, bearing in mind this um, century Middlesbrough have won this competition. They have, yeah. yeah. They have. Um, so you go I Fulham would, number one? I would prefer Fulham to win it. Yeah, yeah of course you would. Of course you would. You, I'd you go know. Fulham... Middlesbrough, yeah. Liverpool, Chelsea. Right, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it seems highly unlikely that it would be a Middlesbrough Fulham final. But that's the thing with football. You ne- I can't even get to the end of that sentence. They're two legged yeah. semi finals. Piss off. You never know. Piss but off. You do know. <laughs> One thing that won't happen in the League Cup final, with regards to the League Cup trophy, we should say, is that we won't see Santa Claus presenting it to the winner because. In the League Cup in England, uh, it's of course the final is played at the end of February, if my memory yeah. serves me well. Whereas in Scotland, 
the uh, the League Cup is done and dusted before Christmas, which I think is an example to us all. And Santa Claus was there at Ibrox tonight after Rangers um, beat Fi- uh, Aberdeen, uh, of course, in the final at the weekend. And uh, yeah. Santa presented them the trophy, which is quite fitting. I don't know whether it was related to the fact that that Celtic fans were booing Santa at the weekend or not. Santa thought, you know what? I may not be liked in this part of town, but if I go across over there, they'll bloody love me for this. I don't know if it's related. <laughs> Let me help you out, right? It's definitely related. <laughs> Why are they booing Santa? I don't know. Miserable you're, you're Scottish. Frighteningly enough, you're the Scottish expert. Yeah. So you tell me. Was it? I think it... Was it the same guy? <laughs> Brilliant. Of course it is. It's Santa. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry yeah. for all the under-8s listening. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> just ruined their childhood. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, I think, by the way, can I just say, yeah. if we are going to go down the road of um, of suggesting this is the real Santa who exists <laughs> and gets through all the work he gets through on Christmas, I doubt he's be doing this five days before the big day. An early perf- an early uh, appearance at Ibrox. It's his busiest time of year. <laughs> he's not doing it five days before. Yeah, well, no doubt his majesty was very pleased. Anyway, um, from Santa to Santo, everybody. Let's move on to uh, some current affairs in the Premier League. Um, Nottingham Forest, of course, officially unveiled Nuno Espirito Santo as their new manager earlier today. Uh, and he did his first press conference, got through it unscathed. Um, I, I think he, Nuno would do, be a good Santa. You know what I mean? Like at your local supermarket or something. Yeah. I mean, he's got the he's, name, obviously. Yeah. But he's got the beard. He's got the vibe. You wouldn't really have to do much. Got a good agent. So he's got lots of gigs. <laughs> he? Yeah, you'll get well paid for right, it. Right, you're at John Lewis week Tuesday. <laughs> then you're Marks and Spencers. Yeah. Unfortunately, George Mendes has bankrupt the local Sainsbury's because they wanted you as the Santa. But there we are. Then you're in the car park of the Lidl. <laughs> He'd never be out of work. No. And he's got the beard already. So yeah, I think I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, he seems really. like a nice fella as well. Well, he immediately um, uh, was was asked about the strength of support Cooper had, and he responded by saying, "Yeah, like the Steve Cooper was a special guy. The Forest fans are great. It was weird though when he kept saying our fans are this, our fans are that, yeah. and I was like, come on, at least let Cooper leave the door. You know, let him let him, let him you know clear his desk out before he starts saying our fans. I thought he could have said Forest fans. Yeah, but he's been unveiled as the manager. Yeah, with, with the gear on. Yeah, true enough." If you start saying them and this and them, you'd no, be like, but he could have said, well, the, the, the fans at this great club, you know. Yeah, but never like, read that. Well, he basically was saying, look, Steve Cooper's a great guy, uh, but they're my fans now, Steve. Okay? Yeah. Not Absolutely. yours. Absolutely. I can remember like when, when Harry Redknapp would be upset about something at a club and they, the team he managed lost, he would be saying they did this and they did that. And when yeah. he won, he would say, we were this, we were that. So you can't yeah. go down that road. But, but I do think, you know, you guys mentioned it briefly um, on the show this morning about this appointment. Mm. Like, I think you know, my position is that he, you know, Nuno deserves a fair crack. I mean, his, his record in England overall is good. Yeah. Of course, Spurs was an aberration. That was a difficult situation. Wasn't the right fit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, we have to remember. You know, Nuno has got Wolves, who are a team, you know, arguably yeah. a similar profile to to Forest, promoted to the Premier League, mm-hmm. and he's delivered them seventh in the Premier League and then an FA Cup semi final in the same season. Mm. Quarter final I mean, of European competition as well. Exactly. Yep. So, 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 Wolf, so Forest fans would clearly be very happy with that. But you've touched on what the challenge is. The challenge here isn't that because you know if he if he if he applies the same kind of level of achievement at Forest that he does at Wolves, uh, sorry that he did at Wolves, then you know all was well and good. But you know, as you guys have said, Steve Cooper's a tremendously popular mm. figure at Forest, and rightly so. 
and you wonder whether the Forest fans at the moment are quite ready to love again, you know? Yes. And that's the brutal nature of football, right? Mm. You, you don't get a chance as a fan to really process the departure of a much-loved manager before the next one's in the dugout, you know, literally days later. Mm. So it will be a really interesting first period of time when all these games come thick and fast. And I think it's a real, you know, feast or famine situation, actually. I think if, if, he, if he hits the ground running and they start to do okay from the start, I think it may well turn out to be a quite a shrewd appointment. If he doesn't, uh, you know, it could be very, very tricky for, for all those reasons. And I will just add to that, you know, the first game he's got is this weekend at home to Bournemouth. Mm. I mean, it seems mad to say, uh, you know, a first game in charge is a must win. But if you if you follow the most loved manager at that club since Brian Clough uh, and you lose the first game at home to Bournemouth two days before Christmas, yeah. you ain't the most popular person in Nottingham. No. Let's be absolutely clear, no matter how kind of nice you are as a bloke, that's not going to wash very well. No. So it's it's a very, very interesting situation, especially thrown against the background of the fact that the owner fucking loves firing people. <laughs> would, would, would you be surprised if Steve Cooper popped up in the Bournemouth end with the fans? I'd love that. It wouldn't be funny. You know, Mascot. Like, he loved the club. Oh, yeah. A form of score. His fists flying in the air. Yes! I'd, love him, I'd love him to come out as the mascot holding Dominic Solanke's hand. <laughs> in the full gear. Yeah, I think that would be unlikely though. I could see Steve Cooper doing a shift as Santa down at the supermarket. It's something he agreed to beforehand. He's fulfilling his roles. And I, they, know and they... where, I know where you could see Steve Cooper, you dirty boy. It took you about 10 seconds to link him to the... <laughs> To the, to the next to the next big England position. I had to bring Jim and Andy back in on it. They were going. I thought, what have I done here? There was there was some there were some Welsh people in, on Twitter yeah. who were very unhappy about that. Well, who who name them? You want to address them personally? Robbie Savage and Craig Bellamy. There was talk of no 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 no, no yeah. not them. <laughs> there was talk of. Um, I share a birthday with Craig Bellamy, incidentally. So my son shares a birthday with Gary O'Neill. My son shares a birthday with Pele. What are you doing? Well, I will still win. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fair, fair. Pelly's never going to manage England, is he? Nah, I, I um, I, there was all I'm saying is there was talk of violent insurrection of Steve Cooper ever at the England job from <laughs> from some some of the Welsh part of our uh, of our listenership. Really? Well, I think you've neglected for too long. By the way, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's true. Um, could you could you be totally honest though? Do you think you could do more for our Welsh listeners? I'm. I, do you know what? I'm really frightened of them. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> The Scottish get a lot of mention. I, you know, you've got I the brother Brendy connection with Northern Ireland. The I'm, Welsh don't get much at all from you. They, they, get, they don't get much sucker at all. They get plenty. There's a lot of Harry Wilson chat these days. But Look, it's very yeah. late on a Wednesday night, and I don't propose to do a deep dive on Nuno because, frankly, life's too short. But <laughs> if I may, what's interesting about Nuno Espirito Santo's managerial career mm. is the jobs he's chosen to do. Like, if you, if you go back over his CV... yeah. He starts off at Rio Ave and, and Brasser will tell you about that. He delivers like mm. historically good stuff for them. Yeah. Goes to Valencia. It's a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. They're a famously very demanding well, team. Well, I, I wouldn't judge anyone on a stint at Valencia. I mean, look at Gary Exactly Neville. right. Then he goes to Porto where really you're on a hide into nothing. It's either everything or you're fucking an absolute failure. Mm. And he got fired like basically in disgrace for finishing second. Yeah. Right. So that's obviously a difficult situation. The the, 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 the Wolves was clearly the outlier here and was a really lovely fit for him. He did brilliant stuff. Spurs were in the, you know, an absolute shit state. Um, we can give know, him a pass for Spurs. 
Yeah, I think so because as soon as Antonio Conte was available and people knew he wanted it, he just they just kicked him out. Yeah, he's won and the then, Saudi then, Pro League. Then, won the Saudi Pro League. Yeah, and I'm yeah, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna debase this show or our <laughs> listeners by telling you about that because I don't know anything about it and I have no interest in it. But ultimately, I suppose if I'm being completely objective, you know. If you're going to join a Mickey Mouse league, at least you, you win it. That's, yeah. you know, it's, it could be worse. You know, it could be shit in it, and he wasn't. So that's fair enough. Although he did and lose then, his job second season. Yeah, but, you know, it's difficult. He's back to Forest. Yeah. So in a weird way, you know, 200-something of the 400-something games he's managed as a manager, mm. it's very difficult to know what to make of it. Yeah. And, so and, there you go. Yeah, no, indeed. It was a we shall find out more about Nuno and his uh, managerial capabilities in this job at Forest, I think it's fair to say. Seems like a lovely fellow. I think he seems like a nice bloke as well. Yeah, I think you're saying that a bit too quick. You know, as I say, Steve Cooper's barely left the, the building, and you're going, "Ah, oh, there's a place. I know he's really great." If I've even forgot what Stevie who what. Well, it's different to it's slightly different to what you said before we came on air, which is that you said his agent's a really nice bloke, <laughs> and so um, yeah, I'd rather be on the side of Nuno than of of, uh, of, bit, of big gorgeous George. <laughs> gorgeous George, he's he's got a foothold. Uh, Joga George. He's yeah. got his. He's got a foothold back in the. Prem. I think. If, I think if George George Mendes left um, mm. football, yeah, I think Brassel would lose, would leave football. He'd like lose his will to live. He would. He wouldn't have any reason to do it anymore. He's absolutely fueled by his uh, fascination with George Mendes. Uh, all I'll say is Brassel's not here to defend himself, ladies and gentlemen. And nor was I earlier today. <laughs> That's how it is. That's how it is on the football ramble. It's cut is he on the show stuff. with us on Friday? Oh, he might. He might be. I don't know. He might have bottled it. I'm just going to check. Yeah. It's on Friday. Yeah, it's me, you, Jim, and Andy. So we'll, we'll, go, we'll get stuck into him on Friday. Yeah. Um, I uh, heard a rumour from the hierarchy of a Premier League club that they were utterly determined to sign a particular player who was destined to go to Wolverhampton Wanderers once. And one of their motivations was to mug off George Mendes. And they got it through and they were delighted by that. So, uh, yeah, more of that, please. Anyway, yeah. I've probably said too much there already. Thank you very much uh, for listening um, to uh, Ramble Rack. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. We'll be back on Friday, of course, with the preview show and then the mailbag on Saturday. So make sure you subscribe and don't miss a single episode. Do email us, show at footballramble.com ahead of of the mailbag with any burning questions that you have got. In the meantime, find us on Twitter, currently known as X, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Football Ramble. And remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Yeah, thank you very much. Before we go, I just want to make an emotional plea to all those that supported me last Friday in Jackson Encyclopedia. And I'm going to do so the same way this Friday. I need you behind me. We're taking on the evil empire. Nobody we came close you, on Friday. You are the evil empire. We can get closer this Friday. We can make it happen. If, if we can pathetic, make me pathetic. the lineal champion over the Christmas period, Utterly. I think that would be a true Christmas story. This is way below you. It's not below me, but it's way below you. I nah. can't believe you're doing this. No, nah, trust me. We're going to make it happen. I'm going to do it for them. I'm not do it for you. I'll do it for them. <sighs> Bloody hell. It's like Darth Vader taking his helmet off, going, oh, you know, it's really hot and steamy inside here. I wish I didn't have to wear it. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't choose this life. Right, anyway. See you later. (laughs) Lots of love. We'll see you on Friday. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 